most people who sing all to Jesus, I surrender, haven't surrendered all. So, if these believers are devoted because they have yielded themselves to the Holy Spirit, the question that I want to answer is, how do we become a church that yields to the Holy Spirit? You're going to hear a lot about the Holy Spirit as we go through the book of Acts. And that's intentional because I don't think we pay much attention to the Holy Spirit. I think in many ways believers are insensitive to the indwelling Holy Spirit. And I think one of the reasons our Christianity is not on fire is not as influential as it should be, is because we focus so much on knowledge than on submission. How do we become a church that yields to the Holy Spirit? I'll try to go faster here because I know we have a fellowship today. We have food downstairs, and some of us can't wait to go there. The first thing we see here is that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This tells us that one of the ways we become a church that yields to the Holy Spirit is by becoming hungry for God's word. By becoming hungry for God's word. You can eat anything else that you want, but as a Christian, you cannot do without God's word. It's the backbone of your life as a Christian. If you look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, a very good passage there. Tells us that all scripture is God-breathed. Other versions will say it's given by inspiration of God. And is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You and I will never become what we were, we were meant to be or what we are meant to be by God outside God's word. When we were young, at Sunday school, there's a, a song we used to sing. It said, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. 
now that I am old, I look back at that song and I think there is something they missed. It should be, read your Bible, pray and obey. <laughs> if you want to grow, knowing is not enough. After washing his disciples' feet, Jesus said to them, now that you know these things, blessed are you when you do them. It's not enough being a Bible-believing Christian. We need to be Bible-living Christians. These Christians here, they don't just believe God's word. They are living God's word. A Christian who will have an impact is not the one who can quote scripture. Is the one who is walking those scriptures. You didn't get that. If you want to have an impact as a Christian... It's not just knowing a lot of verses and being able to memorize them. It's living those verses. And you know what? To tell you the truth, the only verse of the Bible that you truly believe is the one that you practice. All those others, you just know them. Because if you believe something, it changes your behavior. There are those people who, when they are arguing, they are quick to say, I believe, I believe, as if that will change what things should be. It doesn't matter what you believe. What matters is whether you practice it. And the Bible brings transformation when we obey what God says to us. They are devoted to teaching. So how do we become a church that yields to the Holy Spirit? It is by becoming hungry for God's word. And one thing with God's word is that the more, the more you feed yourself with God's word, the more you will want it, the more you will desire it the more you become hungry for it. The more you get it, the more you need it. It has a way of increasing your appetite. You can't get enough of it. Read your Bible, pray, and obey. 
Number two, how do we become a church that yields to the Holy Spirit? They say here, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Now, it's only when I came to America that I realized that the word fellowship actually means eating. <laughs> when you hear we have a fellowship, they actually mean we have a swallowship. <laughs> While eating can be part of fellowship, eating is not fellowship. Look at verse 43 to 45. It describes the kind of fellowship that these believers have. It says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. This is more than just meeting for food. There was concern for one another in this church. Fellowship is more than just meeting. We become a church that yields to the Holy Spirit when we show up for one another. Fellowship happens when the Holy Spirit reaches to the other person through you and me. True fellowship will happen when we give ourselves. When we show up for the other person. Where there is fellowship, there is sharing, generosity. There is giving where there is true fellowship. There is communication where there is true fellowship and there is a relationship. There is giving, there is communication. There is concern and sensitivity for the other person. We will have the biblical fellowship when we can always be available for the other person. That's the kind 
of family that God is creating. That's the kind of family that God is building. That's the kind of church that God is building. That I can always count on you to show up for me. Now, in many ways, as Southside Bible Fellowship, we have tried. We, we do show concern for our brothers and sisters, and even sometimes for people who are outside uh, the faith or even outside the church. We send meals when someone is sick. We are very good at sending cards and, and following up and even praying for them in our connection branches. We, we try. But we still need to do more. We need to go an extra mile. It is sad at times as a pastor when I see we have something that needs to be done. We need people to show up. And then the same people are the ones that show up. You see, the, the American culture is the kind of culture that makes people want to be served instead of serving others. Even when we are looking for a church, we are looking for a church, we are asking what will they do for me? We are so self-centered, we shop for churches. But we need to now get to a point where we can ask ourselves, what can I do for my brothers and sisters in the faith. Because that's where fellowship happens. While some of us are still struggling to know the names of others, some of us are struggling to show true kindness to the other person. There is no fellowship if there is no generosity and communication. Those are key. That's why when there's a conflict between two people, the first thing that happens if they don't resolve the conflict is break communication. I did it with my wife uh, the first two years when you got married. I was very good at it. Whenever there was a conflict, I would switch off. I wouldn't speak. Would go to bed and sleep, each one facing, or if one is facing north, the other one faces south. And you don't even touch the other person. That would be a problem, a big one. So you break communication, and once you break communication, there will be no sharing. The other thing I know I used to do whenever I got angry at my wife, I would stop eating. Not, not, I'm not fasting, but I won't eat her food. 
And I was doing that to make her feel the pain because my wife likes to cook. And she enjoys when she sees me enjoying her food. So I knew what that meant. Breaking the fellowship. Now God has worked on me now and I will eat even when I'm hungry. I'm, hung I'm hungry, yeah, I'll just eat. He has worked within me and uh, I can tell the difference. Brothers and sisters, if we are to be the church that yields to the Holy Spirit, we must only devote we, we must not only devote ourselves to God's word, knowing and obeying it, but we must we must also show up for one another. We must be sincere in our relationships and in our concerns for the other person. We must be willing to walk in each other's shoe. I went to a church in a prayer, we were in a prayer meeting and everyone who shared their prayer request said, it's personal. But I, I need prayers. Uh, what are we praying for? It's personal. It's personal. And so after the meeting, I asked the pastor, what, what is this personal stuff that people have? And he said, oh, those are things that they can share with people. And I left there wondering what kind of a fellowship is this? That shows that when you see people protecting their information is because they don't have confidence with the people that are there. There is no fellowship there. If I am in a group of believers, I should have the confidence to share what I'm experiencing because I know that these believers will show up for me. They will protect me. They will not only stand with me, they will also walk with me. I can trust them and I can rely on them. That's where true fellowship is. We don't pretend to be nice. We don't pretend, pretend to be kind. We become kind and nice. Preach it, Pastor Valerian. And we do this in the context of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's look at number three here. Again, we are told they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. To the breaking of bread brings us, 
This is not just fellowship, it's worship now. Because they are focusing on what Christ did for them on the cross. Look at verse 46 and 47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. How do we become a church that yields to the Holy Spirit? One, when we show up for an, when, when we become hungry for God's word. Two, when we show up for one another. And three, when we long for God's presence. We long, we yearn for God's presence. David says in Psalm 42, verse 2, My soul fasts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? It is when we yield to the Holy Spirit that our hearts will move toward him and our relationship will intensify. And I'm telling you, you can't skip the word of God and get to this part. You can't skip the word of God and be devoted to fellowship or Long for his presence. The word of God is key here. Longing for his presence. It should be one of our prayers. To desire more, to have more of God. And when we are praying that, it's not because we are saying that I have a little of God. It's because we are saying, God... Feel me. I want to experience you more like Moses when he asked, God, I want to see you. I have heard of you. I have seen you do things. But let me just have a glimpse of your glory. There is a desire. Paul said, I want to know the power of his resurrection. There is always a desire for more. When you yield to the Holy Spirit, you will long for more, more of God. There's a song that we used to sing. It says, more love, more power, more of you in my life. That should be our prayer. And a believer that yearns for that, who longs for God's presence, is a believer that can have an impact. Because if you can desire his presence, if you can desire more of him, nothing else will stop you. Nothing else will stand on your way because the desire that you have is bigger than any desire that you can ever have. More of God.
the young people that we have here, teenagers and those who are becoming teenagers and those who are not so young. Right now, most of you come to church because of your parents. In fact, many of you would, wouldn't come if your parents were not coming to church. Right now, you are relying more on your parents' faith. But a time is coming when you will have to rely on your faith. A time is coming when you will have to take your own stand and identify with Jesus Christ. A time is coming when you will have to declare your stand either in college or at high school. And some of us are already experiencing this and they know how challenging it is. And so for my fellow parents, one of the things that we should be praying for our children is that God may reveal himself to them. That God may reveal himself to them so that the faith that they have from their parents can become their own faith so that they can be convicted. That's what I'm praying for my son, Wilji. That's what I'm praying for my daughter. That a time will come when he stands up, he will be speaking from his heart and the faith that he has in Jesus Christ and nothing to do with the faith of his father. Because there are many children that attempted beyond measure and they forsake their faith. And therefore one of the challenges I'll give you as parents, fellow parents, pray that God may reveal himself to your son, to your daughter. Whichever way he's going to do it so that they can have a personal conviction. Finally, the last sentence of verse 47. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. How do we become a church that yields to the Holy Spirit? Number four, it is when God's mission becomes our mission. When we yield to the Holy Spirit, we develop a passion for the lost. 
And remember, God is not asking us to save anyone. He's not asking you and me to save anyone. He only wants us to share our faith. And you may do so and be rejected. That should not be your problem. They are not rejecting you. The gospel is not your gospel. The gospel is God's message. If they reject it, they are rejecting God. And God has a way of dealing with that. So take away, take yourself away from the picture. They're not rejecting you. If they do so. So the idea that I am afraid to share my faith because of what people will think of me or because of what people will say about me or because people will be annoyed or they will reject me does not come from the Lord. Because God is not sending us to be accepted. When I stand here to preach, I don't preach so that you can accept me. That's not my goal. And I don't preach to make you feel good. You may feel good, but that's not my goal. And I don't preach to avoid making you feel annoyed. Or I don't preach to annoy you either. That's not my goal. But sometimes you will be annoyed. I see it in your faces sometimes. And I can tell, ah, God will deal with her. <laughs> when I stand to preach, I do so with the sincerity of my heart and all the love that God has given me with the conviction that what I am doing is what God wants me to do. And that may make someone happy and it may make someone sad. And that's okay. One of the purposes of preaching is to Comfort the discomforted and to discomfort the comforted. And so, don't think about yourself when you are sharing your faith. Think about that lost person and what Christ did for him or her on the cross. All God is looking from us is our willingness to do so. And God has a way of rewarding faithfulness. And I'm telling you this. If each one of us shared the faith one week with one person, if all of us here, each one of us just shared his or her faith with one person in one week, the following week, 
you will see God adding people here that you don't even know about. Because he rewards faithfulness. Forget about the programs that people come up with of attracting people and filling their churches. When God's people are faithful to God, God rewards that faithfulness. He always does. When Abraham was ready to offer his son, God provided a lamb for sacrifice. He rewarded his faithfulness. He has a way of doing it. 